0: When
1: Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the Rewind Around with John Pollock and Waiting, the 18 that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV, it's Rewind Around, for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post-wrestling site, it's Rewind Around, for Monday night, on USA, now on the John and Wade, take the mic. It is John Pollock and Wei Ting here for another fabulous edition of Rewind to Raw live from our separate
0: Toronto studios. Hello, Wei. Hey, John. How you doing? I'm doing great. Did you have a good weekend? I did have a very good weekend. Good stuff. What'd you, what'd you get up to?
1: I went on Saturday to the much, uh, the much anticipated Lego store. Here in, uh, here in Toronto with, with Max, I informed him. Heaven. That, yes. I had told him about this and he was getting his, his mind fixated on the idea that there's an entire Lego store. <laughs> he was like, a store, like with aisles of Lego instead of one aisle. It's like, it's a whole store dedicated to Lego. So we went there and, uh, I, I sent you the picture. It was honestly one of the most like adorable things ever. You he, Drew a picture of the Lego he wanted so that when he went there, I was like, what are you going to do with the picture? He's like, well, I've got to show the person what exact Lego I want. So he drew it. and I mean, he was so excited to get this Lego.
0: It was one of the most adorable things I have ever seen. And um, heartwarming for me, especially. You know, you're, you're raising him right, John. You really are.
1: Yeah, well, he I, – I got him these two – they were like – I wasn't going to go like crazy and get one of the like gigantic things, but I got him like these two little via, like a, a police car. And then it was the Spider-Man one. And he put them together, both of them in an hour by himself. Wow. Impressive. For me, part of it is the, the fun of putting it together and then mm-hmm. it's done. Um But he plays with them. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's more so an investment in a toy that you thus get at the end. It's not just the, the building process. And I did, uh, I did spring for a, uh, for a car for my own purchase that i uh
0: oh what did you get I'm I curious. got here let's <laughs>
1: Jesus. I, w- I want your
0: uh your opinion way on on your uh, crate this is crazy look at
1: this no way no yeah. way you got when did you get that one is I, it new? I,
0: I got it like maybe like two weeks ago yeah
1: oh that's crazy i had no idea that <laughs> i built this like last one. week oh Isn't i crazy? built this yesterday this dude we are <laughs> this is a great press. We are such losers. It's amazing where we are <laughs> in our lives. I literally have this like right by That's my desk. crazy. I had yeah. no idea. I usually see your photos of uh Did did you post a picture of I, that one?
0: I don't know if I did. I might have storied it.
1: That's but. crazy. I was debating between this and a Ferrari and I went with
0: the Porsche. That's what that's wild. You yeah, um, know, can't go wrong. You
1: okay, we're not going to top anything else beyond that uh, over this next hour or so on the show. But uh, that, that was uh, the weekend. And then Sunday, I went to Game Changer Wrestling, quite a different experience. But it was a uh, it was fun. Did, did, to- did you
0: take take your kid?
1: No, 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 no. This was an 18 plus event,
0: which you took a uh, few other kids I saw for your photos.
1: Well, I didn't even know that, uh, the up next crew was even going, uh, to the show. I was going with Mike Murray and WH Park and, uh, and we went and it, it was a good time. It was the opera house. I'm at most. I've gone to a concert there. I've never seen wrestling there and it's a cool venue for wrestling, provided you can get there in time for a seat. Because if it, it we were unfortunately we. Had the wrong start time. I, in my mind, I thought it was seven, but the group I was with, they had thought it was eight because there was different times listed on the website and on Fight Fight TV was listing it for eight. So uh we ended up getting there. Uh, oh, you like, got
0: confused by the door time and and the broadcast time.
1: Well, I I would my ticket oh. said seven, so I thought it was seven, and then
0: so you got it right, and and they convinced you to join them in their wrong timing. I didn't say that <laughs> way said that, but I i mean, whatever. It was like, we, we
1: were having a good time at this, uh, this, uh, we went to like this Mexican place for dinner, which was actually pretty good. Anyway, we got there, we missed the first match, but we were pretty much like at the back end by the bar. And I, I watched a lot of this on the screen above the bar, uh, next to WH as we drank our ginger ales together. Um, but nonetheless, I was there for the experience and got to see enough of it. I, I did learn after the main event of Elimination Chamber how to watch a match when you can't see m- much beyond their heads. So I, I've gotten a bit, uh, you at uh, least had a screen at the Opera house I did have a screen yeah. uh, to watch at the Opera House so unless they went to the floor I I was able to catch it but it was good I ran into a lot of listeners at, at the show as well that, that came up said hello um, I hope I was social enough to people I was genuinely happy to meet listeners uh, that uh,
0: came up and said hello and-, <laughs> and tell me tell me did WH have a good time from what you could tell?
1: he always has a good time. He puts up a facade that he did not, but he is going to chat with me about his live experience Tuesday night. When we do a show together on the cafe, we will get his, uh, his unvarnished, uh, thoughts from, from the evening. So, um, always great to, uh, catch up with, uh, with all of them. And, uh, we had fun. Did you, did you see any highlights from the show? Did you hear the? uh, No, I
0: haven't seen anything from the show yet. No,
1: today's, uh, internet controversy was, uh, Sexy Eddie, a guy who's been wrestling for, uh, like 24 years. And, uh, some people, I guess, have never seen the, uh, the sexy Eddie spot where he gets his, uh, his gear ripped off and then he wrestles the remainder of the match holding his, uh, his, his, his balls to hmm. protect them.
0: Interesting. Okay. And, yes. and, and this is
1: considered like uh I I don't know. I think it's a super impressive spot. Every time I've seen it, I'm like, yeah. that's pretty incredible. Like orange Cassidy does some cool stuff with the hands in his pockets, but not like this. Yeah. He does moonsaults and stuff. And it's like, man, he's, he's got this
0: no pockets pat. here. Um, hand somewhere else, dude. But anyone who see,
1: see, sees this spot, like, and, and like, again, this guy's been wrestling for well over 20 years. He's a very well-known uh, commodity, especially out of Montreal. Um, you, you would be amazed to see this. And, uh, I, I don't know how you could have such a negative hmm. response to it. But that, anyway, that was, uh, that was making the rounds today. He took on Matt Cardona on the show. And then, yeah, the show, um, I'll talk about it more on Tuesday but the some some good reaction to the main event with uh, Masha Slamovich and Speedball very violent intergender match where it was Masha as like the the baby face and Speedball as like the heel total reverse roles if you're an impact viewer and then Rena Yamashita and Lafisto got a lot of praise uh for their match which was um uh, hmm. pretty bloody uh, this was not some crazy uh, there, there were no like death matches on the show like there was blood there were tables and the, the intergender match at the end, I mean, they tore up the whole ring and such, but, uh, by GCW standards, like, like no broken glass or light tubes or anything like that on the show. I'm sure they will come back to Toronto. They sold out the venue and I, I couldn't see the balcony. So I don't know how much that held, but like it's, it's a good sized crowd that they had for this show. And they did.
0: Was it sold out? Do you know?
1: it was sold out yeah it was and it's been sold out for a couple weeks now so mm. it was a very good response for them i would think that that forbidden door weekend i could see a lot of companies coming up here and mm-hmm. gcw should run up here i think they'll do very well that weekend if they do a friday night show i i'm definitely much more aggressive on forbidden door selling out immediately there seems mm-hmm. to be so much buzz for that show just being around wrestling fans this weekend like that feels like a big show. I'm hearing of all these people that are planning to travel uh, here for it. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's going to be a pretty hot ticket. And that's off just, I think the strength of the last show, there's a, so many compelling matches. It was as much as the the build was somewhat questioned last year. It was, it was my show of the year. And I think everyone's expecting that. And I think p- people are expecting as big as Omega Osprey 2 on that show too, which is a mm-hmm. possibility.
0: I think just simply the prestige of there being, you know, an AEW and technically a new Japan pay-per-view coming to our city, I think that alone will probably be enough, even if you don't get maybe the most high profile match. I wonder if they'll even announce the card, you know. And, and I'm I, I feel like this could sell out even before you get your first match. Announced. I I mean the the pre
1: sale, I think there was a pre sale going on today and then the on sale is this Friday. I I think it's I would be pretty confident that by the time we're talking here next Monday. It'll be sold out, if not very close to it. And you're right; you're not going to have any matches announced for several months. Hmm. Uh, also, uh, some news from today: we have Andy Kaufman going into the WWE Hall of Fame, which was uh, broken by Variety. They uh, they were able to. They land got the scoop. This- they got, they got it hours before Raw. Wouldn't you know it? And, uh, hmm. WWE, they didn't fight it. They, uh, they did retweet Variety's, uh, reveal of Andy Kaufman. So he joins, uh, this year's class that includes Rey Mysterio, Keiji Muto, uh, Stacey Keebler expected to be added and perhaps one other. And that would be our class for, uh, March 31st. And, uh, I, the only thing about this one is that for the next two weeks, we are going to have to put up with all the conspiracy theorists that believe Andy Kaufman is showing up to accept this hall of fame award. Really? They were out in full force today. If, if you are Mm. not a long time, Andy Kaufman connoisseur, apparently he had stated that if he ever, uh, faked his death, he would show up 30 years later. So back in 2014, uh, when it was 30 years to his passing, Mm -hmm. um, it was like this big thing that he was gonna show up and uh he did not show up. So I don't think he's showing up for the Hall of Fame. That would be my expectation.
0: Yeah, uh yeah. I mean, um I you know, as as grand as the WWE Hall of Fame is, especially at the end of a smackdown, I mean, that would be quite quite the uh quite the place to, to reveal it. Um I I'm, I'm assuming it's not happening, but who does accept on his behalf and who, who presents, you know, obviously you imagine Jerry Lawler, if he's healthy enough, will have some role. Well,
1: that's a big but. if, I mean, he's home now, but this is a guy who just had a stroke and yeah, you could not imagine anyone else doing the, uh, the induction uh, other than Jerry Lawler, but you certainly have to wonder about his health. My, my guess would be, they wouldn't be doing this if Lawler wasn't tied to it. Like there's literally, mm-hmm. I can't imagine anyone else, but um, Kaufman's long time up. Uh, 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 manager Bob Zamuda would be somebody that would be the guy to accept, or his hmm. um or his widow. Um, yeah, I, hmm. I'm sure it'll be a entertaining spectacle. Whatever they do with Andy Kaufman, maybe they'll give out uh, cookies and milk to the crowd at the Crypto.com Arena.
0: Was that a thing that, that he a did?
1: Thing he did for uh for a, a screening uh, or for a show that he a live show that he did like years ago it was a famous bit that he did uh, but there you go Andy Kaufman into the WWE Hall of Fame AEW held its uh, house show on Saturday night uh, Tick's reporting 3,200 tickets uh, were distributed for the show which apparently had a capacity of just around 3,400 so I would certainly view that as you know doing over 3,000 people for this house show that had I would say three to four of your big main stars that you, you see here on, on the graphic I would say and based on the lineup too like you only had 3 matches going into this but it seemed like it was a fun show to go to apparently they were uh, taping so maybe we will see some of these pop up um but it like, had Ethan-
0: like ringside handheld footage from what it sounds like
1: Uh yes yes yeah. so I mean, if they use it for, you know, any kind of angles down the road or something like that, but they had Mm. Ethan page beat Sean Dean and then hook came out to also, uh, take on Ethan page and hook won. Jarrett beat Brian Pillman, Jr. Ruby Soho over Haley J Darby and orange Cassidy beating the butcher and the blade, which they did shoot an angle afterward to set up a six man for this Wednesday, QT Marshall over Pat Buck, Britt Baker over the returning Anna JAS, who has been out since the uh, forum show when she, uh, what this dislodged her ribs sounds like a brutal injury. And then powerhouse Hobbs beat Christopher Daniels and Moxley and Claudio over Lee Moriarty and big bill, big bill.
0: He's the big bill. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've read some accounts from people who showed up and seemingly they all had to, had a great time. So it seemed like this was a w- well-reviewed show. You know, we did talk about on, on Friday, whether or not this was the type of card that would attract somebody who, um, maybe, you know, is, um, is, has dynamite regularly come to their town if, if this is an attractive enough card and um, I don't know, maybe I saw some criticism about this lineup, but um, 3,200 people clearly didn't thought this was a good enough card. And and that's
1: that's like a number that, I mean, there has been, I mean, that would be on the low side of a dynamite, but not unheard of that. They've done, you know, numbers under that for dynamite as well. I, I would certainly take that as a, as a positive. Like I was thinking two to 2000 to 2,500, you would consider that good. And to be over mm-hmm. 3000, I'd be like, they could only have put in like 200 more people. So you can't really ask for, well, you could ask for much. More, How did the hee-haw party do? I did not get paid versus comps for the, uh, the hee-haw festival that was going on hmm. Saturday night, but those that could have been the difference between a sellout and 3,200.
0: Mm, maybe. Okay.
1: Then we had, uh, Big Bill headlining the AEW show and it looks like bigger Bill is now a free agent. Uh, Fightful is reporting that Bill Goldberg's contract with WWE. So the last match on his deal, I guess he was like owed certain amount of matches ended after Elimination Chamber last year, but there was still a term limit on the contract that didn't expire until the end of the year. So that came and went. So Bill Goldberg at the age of 56 is now a free agent. And if you go back way from that Toronto Survivor Series where he beat Brock Lesnar to last year's Elimination Chamber, how many matches did Bill Goldberg do in that five-and-a-half-year stretch for WWE? Ten. He did 12. Okay. He did the over. over. 12 matches during that period. Half of them in Saudi Arabia. Four of them in in Saudi Arabia. So he, he He was Mr. Saudi Arabia. Where do you see a Bill Goldberg fitting, if anywhere? Uh, at this point, he is not someone that is going to come cheap. Um, the main question being, is there a value? I mean, WWE let his contract expire. Uh, so Mm -hmm. that, that's something. And I mean, do do you see him entertaining? Uh, if would AEW have an interest in a bill Goldberg,
0: you know, from, um, from a star power standpoint, yeah, like Goldberg is, is maybe at a level that, um, I don't know if anybody on the aw roster currently is um but i also don't know if he fits in all that well with the type of product that aw is building its name on um especially for that the price tag you would imagine he would you know request um could that money be better spent you know somewhere else um I, as a fan, you know, I I think especially if you're an AEW fan, you put a high priority on somebody being able to go in ring. And from what we've seen in Bill Goldberg, he can do the Bill Goldberg match, which is satisfying enough maybe for a Saudi Arabia crowd. But for an AEW audience, I really do question it. Um, So I don't really see it. But, you know, does AEW like you can argue maybe AEW needs to be thinking more, you know, uh, towards uh, a, a sort of like a mainstream level star that could be a difference maker. What do you think?
1: For a one-off, I mean, you could certainly build to a big one to two matches, and that would sort of be what I would be looking at. But, yeah, there there would be an audience for a Kenny Omega, Bill Goldberg.
0: Yes, absolutely. Oh, goodness. Actually, yeah, you just changed my mind. That, that sounds brilliant. Really that would
1: be the match. That would be the match to do. And I think Kenny would love that that kind of a challenge to get, um, you know, what whatever it is out of a Bill Goldberg who, I mean, the strength is in the aura of Goldberg. And we have seen this guy, when not scripted, could be a very good promo in those settings when he had something real to sink his teeth into during this WWE run with the Brock feud and, you know, in, in certain situations where they let him be Goldberg, which was the contrast of the first WWE run where it was a round peg in a square hole for that year. And both sides just came away, not wanting to ever work with the other again.
0: How old is gauge? Maybe that's how Goldberg comes in. He introduces his son. That's it. Uh, Yeah the other gauge in professional wrestling. Uh, that's, that's That's it. That's right. Well, maybe GCW, maybe, maybe Goldberg will show up there next. Okay. Well, there's, there's
1: options. There's options is what you are (laughs) saying on, on the table. New Japan cup wraps up on Tuesday morning. We're going to be doing a, a post show myself and WH park on the cafe. And it is all down to David Finley. And the question I've wanted to know all weekend ways, thoughts on the new look of Sonata.
0: (laughs) the the new look that i mean is kind of like an old look you know he um i think sonata very well known for his crazy blonde hairstyles and his ridiculous uh, beard that's also uh dyed blonde and debuting as part of just five guys a completely minimalistic look look at this short black hair clean shaven um i think any sort of change is is welcome especially when you're starting a new chapter in your career i'm I like the idea of the change. I'm just not sold at all on this faction, nor I think even Sonata's role in it. Cause as far as we've seen, we haven't seen much, but um, I don't, I don't even get the sense he's taken that big of a step forward in terms of like his, his promo or his charisma. Uh, and this is not a look that is very charismatic. So, um, you know, is, is that indicative of, of maybe the direction of the, of this new character, just a comp- even more silent Sonata, even more quiet and, you know, su- subdued Sonata. I wonder.
1: Yeah, there you could add add more of a contrast than these two in the, in that photo. I mean, this is uh, these are polar opposites that are meeting on on Tuesday, with the winner getting Kazuchika Okada. Um, yeah, it's I I would say this is a lot more interesting with the angle over the weekend with Sonata than I would say any other opponent for David Finley that I thought would have just been a layup that Finley is winning this. I still think that they're they're pushing forward with Finley, but I think you've created doubt now, like a viable you know Sonata going for the title in this new um presentation is you you could headline that show with Okada and Sonata and I could not have said that about Sonata a week ago
0: so you know I'm assuming you don't think a title change will be occurring right in April yeah in this Okada match I mean whoever Okada faces
1: I'd say unlikely but I I would not say 100% no
0: Right. Like these are two guys
1: that they are obviously have big plans for this year in in particular David Finley that feels to me as the, the long-term play to be their mm. big foreign star big foreign heel star um to offset I guess Osprey on the babyface side so like if if a Finley wins this match I can't completely completely discount that just giving ghettos history when it comes to identifying his next guy and just boom, putting his foot on the gas and going all the way.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I don't, I don't either. And that, and that makes it intriguing, but I, I'm still leaning more towards whoever faces Okada ultimately losing. And so then you ask who will gain them more out of a loss to Okada. Um, And, I kind of feel like that would be Finley. You know, I feel like Finley is so down on the pecking order, even below, you know, a Sonata who's been sort of like, uh, sometimes main, main eventer. Um, that I think Finley going like 30 minutes with Okada and nearly taking him to the distance will, will gain a whole lot of respect in, in, in this sort of bullet club, you know, respect angle.
1: The other big match on Tuesday show is Hiromu Takahashi and Leo rush for the junior heavyweight title. And just seeing their interactions in the the tag setups before uh, this match is going to be excellent. I think I'm, very much looking forward to that one as well. So very strong uh, top two matches. More so the booking of the main event, although it should be a very good match. But um, the junior heavyweight title match should be excellent. And then you've got Okada, Goto, and Yoshihashi against Ozzy Open and Jeff Cobb. Shingo Takagi and Tatsuya Naito against Great O'Conn and Aaron Hanare. Hanare picking up two wins over Takagi uh, during this uh, New Japan Cup tour. So some big wins for him evil Yujiro show and Dick Togo against El Desperado Ren Narita Yano, and Ryusuke Taguchi Kenta Chase Owens and El Phantasmo against Tamatanga Ishii and Tomo Kihonma, Zack Sabre Jr. and Kosei Fujita against Shota Umino and Ryohei Oiwa and in the opener Hiroshi Tanahashi and Yudo Nakashima against Taichi and Doki I don't know what's more crazy Tanahashi in the opener or Tanahashi likely on the losing end of the opening match Yudo is there to take the pin, but I think yeah. Taichi and Doki are
0: getting the win in this one. Mm. You gotta so, put over just five guys. Man, Tanahashi. I was
1: like, my goodness, are we are we ready to just turn the page on Tanahashi?
0: He's he's probably getting something big at Forbidden Door. Maybe that's his big thing he's looking forward to.
1: SmackDown on Friday did two million two hundred and fifty eight thousand viewers and a point five nine in the demo. They had uh just a gigantic wall of competition. They were knocked out of their regular spot as the number one program on television Friday night. They were fourth among network programming uh, with the NCAA men's basketball tournament on CBS. They were also airing against back-to-back games on TNT, which were the two biggest of the night on cable, a Drake Miami game on TBS, the world baseball classic and another basketball game on true TV. So it was Tons of competition. It was actually remarkable. They were only down 7% in the demo. It was their lowest audience since January 20th, lowest demo since February 17th. And uh, Canada, they did about 253,000 viewers. So uh, down a bit from last week's monstrous number, but still third for the night in uh, sports behind the Leafs and Sports Center uh, in Canada. So mm-hmm. I-, I would say, all things con- concerned, uh, they just had so much competition. And I am imagining this World Baseball Classic. I saw so many people tweeting about this, uh, Japan game tonight that everyone was just, uh, losing their minds over. So it sounds like it was quite the thrilling, uh, game tonight going against Raw.
0: What is this? Like, when did this become a, a big thing? World Baseball Classic? Like an international thing. I think it became baseball? a big
1: thing this weekend. Um, this huh. tournament has just taken off for people. It's, uh, especially tonight. Yeah. You were not watching it, Picture in Picture, were you?
0: No, clearly not. I, I didn't know people cared about international baseball at all. Well,
1: Well, now we have Rampage on technically Friday night slash Saturday morning. It didn't start until 12.06 a.m. So, oh, man, Rampage must have got Rampaged, didn't it? Highest, highest demo (laughs) of the year. (laughs) And this is, I mean, with all due respect to the lineup that they had they benefited greatly from following the NCAA tournament that gave them a tremendous lead in of uh two, almost 2.4 million viewers and a 0.82 for the game. So that boosted rampage to uh, their highest demo since December 23rd and their highest audience since January 13th with 474,000 viewers and a 0.18. And yeah, this had the Hobbs Phoenix match kicking off and then the main event with Brody King and Daniel Garcia. But yeah, um, put them on at midnight just give them a great basketball game beforehand and but you know part of this if you want to look at it though it's if you are TNT and you've got this captive audience watching basketball what's the goal retain that audience and not to say everyone stuck around after basketball for rampage but they did their best number of the year uh, at midnight on a Friday so i am interested to see um things level off this weekend because what's happening is they are holding off rampage until saturday night and there's no basketball lead-in on saturday it's just being put to saturday at 10 p.m and uh, that's probably going to be more of a struggle to move the audience to another night and you don't have the big lead-in ahead
0: of it right yeah but they lucked out last week you know being uh, preempted for a, a big basketball game so
1: And then it returns the next week back to its uh, normal time slot. And the last notes NXT on Tuesday night has Ilya Dragunov and JD McDonough. Their uh, feud culminates in this match after the detached retina to JD McDonough, and then cutting a promo on a, uh, on a uh, operating table uh, about his eye. Some classic stuff. Wendy Chu against Lyra Valkyria in the latest uh, qualifier for the ladder match at stand and deliver and an Indy Hartwell against Tiffany Stratton in another qualifier to join uh, Zoe Stark and Gigi Dolan dynamite independence, Missouri on Wednesday. It is John Moxley against the recently re-signed Stu Grayson. The guns will defend the tag titles against top flight, a no disqualification match between hook and Stokely Hathaway. This has been going on forever. And here we are. Okay. Here we are for, for the ones out there that where's the story. That's your, where's the story match. Okay. They've got plenty of story behind that match. Tony storm against sky blue. And then coming out of the house show, uh, we have got the butcher, the blade and Kip Sabian taking on Darby Allen, orange Cassidy. And as of today, 64 year old sting Mm -hmm. wrestling on television.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, some, some people might do, uh, like a 5k marathon ahead of like a big birthday. Um, I'm choosing to do a sea and tower climb ahead of my 40th. Other people wrestle in trios matches on dynamite for their 64th birthday. So, uh, very impressive for one Steve and Um, uh, I, it's been a while, I feel like, you know, since we've seen Sting wrestle, uh, especially on TV, at, at least in my recollection. So I'm looking forward to this. He I'm did the, for- Muda,
1: the, the Muda, the Muda. Six man back in uh, January on right. that Yokohama card. But AEW, his last match was at full gear for AEW. Mm, okay. So it's been a while. All so right. that's coming up. And of course, Kenny Omega against El Hio Del Vikingo. Um, this was our uh, before sexy Eddie. This was our other controversy over the weekend. I I laugh at what at like the Twitter controversy of the day. That's always gone within at most forty eight hours, usually yeah. twenty four. But yes, there were people upset
0: at this. I think Tony Khan is a fucking genius. Okay, because by adding the words "dream match" to this graphic, it has sparked way more discussion for this match than I think he could have ever imagined. Okay, the amount of debate that has come out of this has been too much for my liking, um, but fuck, it's like, hey, uh, I, you'll upset somebody somehow, especially <laughs> when it comes to, you know, this, this wrestling company and this wrestling promotional war. So, um, you know, Tony Khan himself, like, responding to a lot of the tweets themselves, so... Um, the, it, it's, it's a heavily buzzed Has about he been
1: including the, uh, the dynamite hashtag when he replies for this match.
0: I think it was rampage because a lot rampage, of this was Friday. The, the yeah. hashtag yes. yeah, hashtag AW rampage. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, let's get into tonight's, uh, hey, before
0: that. Oh, we have, we have more to discuss. Quick plug for our friends. Are you in Toronto or do you plan on coming to Toronto? Will you be in Toronto during WrestleMania weekend? Are you looking for a place to watch WrestleMania? Well, then maybe you want to join our friends. From Poison Rana at Gabby's for their official WrestleMania watch party. You can get tickets right now at poisonrana.ca. They're doing, uh, they're doing, uh, watch parties for both nights. And I believe, uh, tickets are <laughs> 12 <laughs> Sorry. bucks. Are you sure about that?
1: Uh, I think, I think they're about 12 <laughs> bucks.
0: I should have really brought this up. Okay. Well, um, according to Davey, <laughs> they're $10 per night or $15 for both. So. You'll oh. get twelve. I'm sure they'll take twelve if you want to pay twelve, but um, Okay.
1: well, we are yeah. close anyway. There you go. <laughs> Poison Fifteen, 15 bucks for both nights? That's a good yeah. deal. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, go check that out at, at Gabby's. They, they will be giving up prizes. And uh, and they just did an interview with uh, Gringo Loco that is up on their uh, YouTube channel. So you can check that out as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I mentioned, WH and I are back on Tuesday night. And for Post Wrestling Cafe members, we have got the finale of our Season 5 Drive to Survive review coming up this Thursday uh, with JC joining us to chat Episodes 9 and 10. And then on Friday... We are breaking up once again. It will be a free edition of Rewind to SmackDown with Wei Ting and Kate from Montreal uh, because I will be doing a show on the cafe with John Ceno after Impact Sacrifice, which mm-hmm. will feature... um What have we got? We've got uh, Jordan Grace challenging Mickey James for the knockouts title. We have a busted open match between Bully Ray and Tommy Dreamer. And uh, announced today, Trey Trey Miguel against Lince Dorado for the X Division title. So John Cena and I will have that show out Friday. And we have got a stacked week for everybody. The NWA podcast is back. The wellness policy is back. The long and winding Royal Road chatting Kobashi and Vader. WrestleNomics up next. Stacked, stacked week, and it's all a prelude to next week when we will have shows out Monday through Friday for post-wrestling cafe members. We will have shows out each day along with our regular schedule, and then we go live and free for everybody here on the YouTube channel after each night of WrestleMania. You will have more than enough of John Pollock and waiting in your ears in front of your eyes all week long during
0: WrestleMania week. It's the best time to sign up right now. You get a whole month, uh, for your pledge and, uh, you support the channel and you get a ton of bonus shows. We'll be trying to cover as much as we can starting next week, along with, you know, some really interesting interviews that John's got lined up talking to, uh, various members of the professional wrestling industry. So a lot of exclusive coverage there for post wrestlingcafe.com members, video.postwrestling.com for those video members. Uh, we're also available on Apple podcast subscriptions as well.
1: Yes. And last note is uh Wednesday, Brandon Thurston and I will be releasing an interview with Mike Weber of Fight TV as they go into their biggest week of the year uh with and discussing the, the launch of Fight Plus, how that has gone for them and mm. all that's going to be a very unique experiment for them this year where they have all the collective events available on the Fight Plus service. So we'll be discussing that Wednesday with Mike Weber. But tonight we are discussing Raw from the Enterprise Center in St. Louis. Missouri, coming off the reunion of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn on SmackDown. The two come out together and are arm in arm together, and they're chanting for Sami. Then they chant for KO, and Sami apologizes for how he approached this whole thing with Owens over the last couple of months, making it sound like a business transaction, when we always just needed one another because we are brothers. Owens says, I was just so frustrated because I've been your biggest fan for 20 years, Going back to when we we fought Excess and Sexy Eddie in CZW in a four way match that had the world on notice for Montreal wrestling,
0: he he did all of this uh, in this promo. I didn't ex- expect so much Sexy Eddie talk tonight. Well, it's it's been wow. it's
1: top of mind. And it was frustrating for Owens to see Zane under the thumb of Roman Reigns, knowing that Sammy was better than all of the bloodline and the fans knew it too. And it's time for us to take the, the whole group down together. And Sammy says, well, you know what's next? And over they look and look at that sign just hovering above them as a reminder. The Usos come out and call Owens and Zane backstabbers. Zane says, Jay, you dream of backstabbing Roman Reigns. Jimmy says nothing is going to happen at WrestleMania, but Owens lays out the challenge, and Jimmy turns them down. He was like uh, Leon Edwards on on Saturday night when they asked him about fighting Colby Covington. But you know what? Much like Colby's going to get that next title fight, so are Owens and Zayn. And Jay takes the microphone and says, wait a minute. This could be our chance to put these two in the dirt. And he accepts on behalf of the team and they get into a brawl where jimmy saves his brother from a halluva kick and then as the usos grab chairs on the screen roman solo sokoa and paul Heyman arrive and that concludes our segment and the much expected tag title match is now official for wrestlemania
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so um we had wondered when they would make it official and they really didn't waste any time you know giving us ample time to have these graphics and to just you know um Officially recognized that a match will be taking place. So uh we've got about three more episodes of TV to go. So we'll see if they can heat this thing up any more than it already has been heated up. But I thought a really good opening segment tonight, you know, that provided a, a significant chapter in the story. Really putting equal weight during WrestleMania season on both Raw and SmackDown. You have to really follow both shows in order to really keep up with the storyline. And maybe that calls to the success of this story and how hot it is in being able to attract people across you know, TV channels. I, I like the logic of the Usos, you know, why they would accept a match suddenly from a team that hasn't teamed up before. Um, we, there's no ranking system in the WWE. And I suppose Adam Pierce is just like, all right, that sounds good. You guys are, uh, you know, uh, needle mover, movers and yeah, uh, you, you don't even need to win a tag team match together, whatever. Um, I like that Jay still refers to Sammy as a backstabber and, I really feel like you could still take Jay's perspective and you can see that Jay still believes Sammy is the bad guy in all of this. He's the guy who turned on his family that accepted him. So I think it keeps that element of sympathy for Jay, even though he's a full on heel now. And I think it's something that, you know, will be very useful for the Usos come after WrestleMania, when you might want to flirt continuously with the, their babyface turn.
1: There's so much to do down the road between Sammy and Jay and ultimately, the two of them one day teaming together, I think, is still something that you could eventually get to. Like they have left it that here is Jay. That I mean, what is his, what is his big flaw that he's been loyal to his 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 blood? Like mm-hmm. that is you know, it is not this guy who has you know he's. They're essentially they've been in the same positions of you know friends versus or enemies uh, attacking
0: your family. and putting away more money for retirement. Because unlike most wrestlers at the end of their careers, most of us should only plan on retiring once. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. So Austin Theory and Montez Ford is
1: the first match of the show. And uh, Ford sends Theory over the barricade as we go through the commercial break. Huge high cross body by Montez Ford. And then Theory rolls to the floor and is hit by a Topicon hero, Theory then avoids from the heavens and rolls into a drop kick and proceeds to hit A Town down. And tonight was a show about getting your WrestleMania players solid wins, no controversies, and this was one of them. It was just, mm-hmm. man, Austin Theory's our guy. Montez Ford is not, and this was Theory. Just a very serious presentation and quick promo after that. Ford didn't believe in me, but now he does. Cena doesn't believe in me, but at WrestleMania, he will. This was very, you know, simple, but very effective booking with Austin Theory.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like in these programs where you don't have the other participant um there every single week, you might be a bit forced to you know play it a bit more simple, and maybe that's working to Austin Theory's advantage. Um, tonight was a showcase for Ford in a losing effort, just like last week was for Dawkins. And I thought Ford killed it. He was absolutely tremendous, so charismatic. Especially like when he goes to the like, the crowd with the big big uh you know uh, offensive attack. He's like in the crowd as he throws to commercial break himself. Do you catch that? I didn't. No. He like mounds the word we'll be right back after these messages like at, at the camera after he's done that dive so That's good. i i think he's awesome um you know i i guess i do wonder cuz you and i we we were we were on different sides of the the, the whole john cena austin theory thing and I do feel like this whole program ends with Theory winning. I I can't imagine any other result, although you never know with the WWE. But I also expected maybe the weeks leading to the match to show us a different side of Austin Theory that we hadn't seen before. Thus far in these two weeks, I don't know if we've got that yet. You know, like in these matches, I don't think Austin Theory has looked any more... You know, significant um, in, in his performances than previously. I don't know if his promos that he's cut after these matches. The, are The change any came when different.
1: he failed the cash in. Like that was the shift. And this one, it hasn't has been a to, shift.
0: He has to level up even more. Yeah, going And that's Cena.
1: that's the pressure I think that that segment has put. And maybe like they want that to. You know, how's this guy going to come out? I would think next week less uh, less so a match. He needs a big, serious promo, like not the. I don't want to call him goofy, but it's like he's got a style that it's very I'm doing a pro wrestling promo and Mm -hmm. he has not found that voice yet. I hope Mm -hmm. next week he gets a chance. And the fact he is not advertised, I don't see Cena showing up as a surprise on any of these TVs. So we're probably not seeing him till mania.
0: Yeah, I'd I'd agree. Unless you get a late announcement. Yeah, you're right. Cena might always be touch and go. You know, Or he sends
1: something in that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Bloodline is in the locker room and the Usos join in and Rain says, man, you guys took a beating out there. And Jimmy looks at Roman with this disgust and he said, nothing hurts more than being torn from my brother and having to answer for it. And he just lets it sink that where we're all supposed to believe he's talking about the, the ultimatum that Roman had put that he was going to blame Jimmy. And then as it's all tense, Jimmy says, I'll never forgive Sami Zayn for that. Great! It was, it was just, awesome, especially watching
0: Paul Heyman in the background. He's, he's so good. Tense, in the tense, 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 until Sammy reveals that he's talking about, or sorry, Jay reveals, or Jimmy reveals that he's talking about Sammy, and just the relief on Paul Heyman's face as soon as he said "Sammy Zayn." Everybody in this room, I thought, played this really, really well. And Reigns dismisses everyone except
1: for Jay, and we go to commercial. And for three minutes, they just sat there awkwardly silent. And we come back from break. And Reigns tells Jay, it's been a minute. I haven't heard from you. I had to beg Jimmy for answers. And now you're back and you're making decisions? Well, in order to make decisions, you have to be part of the bloodline. Are you still family? And Jay says, I'm still with you. I'm bloodline. And Reigns says, I hope so. That's all I needed to hear. And then he pauses and he tells Jay, I love you. And Jay is looking off screen, and there's Heyman that I guess has just been lurking here the whole time. And Jay leaves and Heyman asks Reigns if he found out the answers he was seeking, and Reigns confirms
0: that he has. So now what do you how did you interpret that?
1: This was like a total like replication of the same segment he did with Sammy Zayn and Paul asking him after, did you get the answers that you were seeking? Mm. And he said, I did. Hmm. And he goes back to what he looked into his eyes and what he saw. So I, I saw this as co- sort of mirroring when he like saw in Sami Zane and, the distrust began. So Mm. I take this to be a pretty like significant development here that we're, Mm -hmm. and I mean, they pretty much call it out in the end, like this, this main event, it is the titles at stake, but his family is also at stake here that they will crumble without these titles that unify them.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think they've done a great job. You know, in in, in sowing the seeds for a potential Usos defection. Um, even, and that's what I've I've been loving about this entire bloodline story. I mean, it's good, man. WWE put, put together this like big hour plus compilation of. All the scenes, all the significant scenes, at least, you know, uh, in this entire bloodline thing, starting from Roman's return to, you know, the Jey Uso feud to everything up until today. So it's almost I mean, it really is like a movie that they've, you know, amassed at this point. But what I love about it is that you constantly get these little resolutions, but they always springboard into another mystery, another sort of like. Unresolved thing that you're just waiting to see up next. First, it was Jay and Roman. Then it was Sammy and the Bloodline. Then it was like Sammy and Kevin. Now they're together, but now we still have more questions. And the the the, the question of the day at this point is: Are the Usos with the Bloodline? Are the Usos fully on board with Roman? And I thought tonight's episode did a great job of making the audience feel that dissent.
1: Yeah, I, I thought they. They really pushed that button hard, especially in the, the final segment and throughout like this was a show that had this thread throughout the whole show of mm-hmm. uh, the bloodline rather than being contained to a individual segment or uh, segment or two. They go over the participants for the men's showcase match at WrestleMania. So it will be the Street Profits, Alpha Academy, the Viking Raiders, and Braun Strowman and Ricochet. The women's side, we only have Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. Although uh, Dave Meltzer's reported Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler are expected to be in that match. So that would uh, sew up the remaining question mark of where Ronda was going to land on this card. So it looks like uh, this four-way tag with two more teams to be added. Saxton meets with... Adam Pierce and Chelsea Green comes in, and she said she had had matching gear made for her and Carmella. But Carmella is not here tonight and wants to team with Piper Niven, and she wants into the showcase match. And Pierce is still finalizing that match, so not having the sway that uh, the others did in the tag situation to just book their own WrestleMania match. And Chelsea threatens to tweet WWE or even block
0: Adam Pierce if she is not put into the match. Ouch! Ouch! I, you know, I, first of all, like, um, the Carmela thing is, is a bit strange, you know, they, they made no, um, uh, announcement and, and I guess, it, you know, we shouldn't even speculate about what it could be, but they usually would have even a kayfabe response and we didn't even hear anything from Graves, you know, when it came time for the match. So, um, it's, it's at least a, a question. Um, I think Chelsea's been doing a great job. Like, for a TV kind of mid-card comedy gimmick that's supposed to, you know, just maybe show off the baby faces through through losses, I think they found something that, you know, really serves the role well on TV.
1: Yeah, I almost see, like, she could they could throw her into this match, but even not being in the match, like I see her and LA Knight as just being and, u- utility players that you can mm-hmm. integrate into WrestleMania for some celebrity segment or just a vignette on the show that their characters. So lean into that. They get some kind of role on the, show.
0: she will have a segment with Adam Pierce for sure. I would imagine.
1: Yeah, that could be right. Maybe she, th- maybe she wants WrestleMania to be canceled.
0: <laughs> sure. She should do that. She should just go on Twitter and just, you know, she should be going off. They should advertise a dream match. <laughs> and Chelsea can tweet up a stone that she can
1: argue about, uh, matches at the WrestleMania show that, that have no story behind them. Yes, They're sure. just thrown together. Then we had a video on Omos and Brock Lesnar, a uh, credit to whoever it was that, uh, produced this video. Um, mm-hmm. The idea is just selling the size of these two with facts, including that Omos is taller than Shaq. Take that, AEW. And he has an 87-inch reach and double the size of the average man's hands. What is the mm-hmm. average size of a man's hand?
0: Um, is this stuff depends. recorded? Maybe there's a census. Yeah, I don't know. Have you ever had your hand measured? I've never uh, had my hand measured beyond maybe when I was a baby and was born. <laughs> I'm sure there are scientists out there and researchers that are measuring uh, hands and able to, to deduce some sort of average for the for the country. Um, this is a good video good yeah we talked about you know earlier Um, when you don't have participants show up every single week you can't necessarily do a Brock Lesnar's um, angle every week and maybe that's to the advantage of this story
1: I thought this video was better than the segment last week
0: <laughs> agreed yeah because there, there's no chance you could botch a clothesline in edited form and so.
1: they, they did a good job of like they still showed him throwing him but they had a quick edit yeah. on it so the, the stumble wasn't included obviously
0: this program is being built off of the size of these men and, and they're doing Everything they can to emphasize the statistics involved here with this video. Next week we're going to get the weigh in. Um, it's like, a, like remember Jones Gustafson? I mean, there really was no grudge there, you know. That it was just, it. The whole build up was Gustafson's the, reach. Yeah, his reach. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that was it. Reach mm-hmm. for greatness was the uh, tagline for that.
0: one. Greatness was is within
1: reach. You're, that is it. You're yeah. right. You're right. Omos against uh, Mustafa Ali, and I will add, I, I hope neither guy is preparing for this match like John Jones was. Oh, did he
0: get busted for that one?
1: No, he didn't get busted for anything. But that was one where he notoriously said, like oh, he, he right. did, like no preparation
0: for that fight. You think? You think Omas and, and Brock could be as good of a, of a fight? No, no, I don't.
1: Oh, okay, I mean that that was one of the <laughs> the really great title fights in UFC history.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway,
1: well, Olmos well. and Mustafa Ali. Um, this was not uh, one of the great matches in WWE history. Uh, Ali is just doing his positivity character and uh Ziggler I was did, I
0: had no idea he had a brand new character. I, I he must have been building it on main event or something.
1: He was doing like the positivity thing when we talked about him last week.
0: Yeah, I know he was, but like what was the introduction of the character? He was already like mid character.
1: Are you telling me that I have to watch supplementary programming <sighs> to know you about a character?
0: It shouldn't get on this.
1: Dolph Ziggler was watching backstage. This led nowhere. Like, I
0: don't know what this was even supposed to be. I, 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 they're clearly still involved in a very deep oh, feud, you know? The, with where, where's it going? Following. Like,
1: everything should be about Mania at this point. And these two do not seem to have a ticket to Mania.
0: I, I, maybe it's a kickoff thing. Maybe it's something for – maybe there's a main event level edition of a main event, you know, that, that they're building up to.
1: With who? Everyone else is taken. With, with is each other. It? Oh, with each other. Oh, yeah. okay. Omos won in a minute with the tree slam. Short, sweet, and then MVP says that Omos fears no man, animal, or beast, and Lesnar will learn to fear him at WrestleMania. This was the exact same promo Rhea Ripley cut on Charlotte tonight, that you will learn to fear me.
0: Does Omos want to be a star? Is that is that part of this as well? That's what he's going to say, yes. Yeah, I don't know if like... I don't know if I need to see Omas do these matches. Like, even in these squash matches, I don't think he looks all that impressive. You know, like he, it almost ruins the illusion that they built with these like videos and just the size. You know, like he, I want to see him like do shit, like, you know, squeezing pineapples with his hands. Like he should do like non wrestling things. Like, I don't know. Like, what, what could they have him do? Like crush, crush a car <laughs> or just
1: they should just film something. him going and like shopping and getting people's reactions to this giant
0: man in everyday <laughs> sure. things he should go to the lego store and he can hold that police car he goes car. to reach the top the top
1: rung and yeah. just pulls down the 1000 piece lego he should
0: take a ucs death star and just crush
1: it with his bare hands this is the build up to wrestlemania we are craving yeah logan paul comes out of his dressing room with his dad gregory allen paul
0: so that he's responsible for all this
1: He's responsible for the Paul brothers, literally. The Miz comes over and wants to go over their interview, and Logan blows him off. And we never see the Miz in this segment that uh, he was supposed to be the guest on. So instead, we got Logan coming out with a so subtly uh, positioned prime energy drink sign that a fan on the aisle just happened to have that read in beautiful block letters, drink prime.
0: There's nothing subtle at all about their promotion of this drink, and I I don't know if we can fault him at all because I, I hear he's making a billion, gajillion dollars off of this thing.
1: He gets into the ring, and he says this is his house, and he is booed. I don't need to be here. I've made millions off my name and my brands. I love WWE, but you won't love me. So he calls out the only two people in this arena that love him, his dad and the kid with a prime energy drink sign. So he gets another mention in. He calls the fans dorks for not seeing his talent. I'm a 360 degree entertainer, which is one of those terms that, you know, yeah. has been like one of those asshole marketing terms that, yeah. you know, gets thrown around all the yeah. time. Totally. Uh, he, There is no seat I can't fill, no person on this roster I can't compete with. I don't even need a guest, nor would any of my friends show up to a place like St. Louis. They'd be out of here quicker than the Rams. This guy was on fire. I thought Logan Paul was awesome here. His match will be April 1st on his 28th birthday. Seth is one of the top three in the business, which just the way he delivered that line, it was like, so it was like his idea of a
0: compliment and still like a backhanded one. Like he's top three, but it makes me want to know who the other two are. Who, Who? I mean, he obviously one of them would be him.
1: I guess one of them would be him. And then the other, I guess, uh, Maybe he maybe he acknowledges Roman because yeah he lost it must to him. be okay fine. It's hard to be afraid of a guy named Seth mentioning Seth Rogan, Seth Curry, and then he starts getting the what chant, and they replay his knockout of Rollins from two weeks ago, and he keeps replaying this with a sound effect and a clown emoji over Rollins' head, and then his mic gets cut out. And we go to Seth in the truck who has uh, messed up the audio and calls this a terrible episode of Impulsive, but he has an idea of how to save it. So he hits the button to play his music and he makes his way out as Logan's telling the audience to shut up You're tone deaf. And there, Rollins takes him down. They have to be separated. They brawl over the desk. He sweeps Logan out on top of the desk with his leg. And then Rollins climbs to the top for a crossbody. And he takes out two security guards and almost overshot them. And as he misses Paul, he gets to his feet and gets knocked out again by Logan Paul, who calls him Seth No Chin Rollins. And remarks on TV, which they did catch in time, that guy fucking sucks as he makes his way to the back dude logan paul was amazing in this segment he is so good in this yep. role i just i just thought he was he was maybe um there were some really good
0: performances on this show um he was among the best he was great mm. the, the man really is a natural and um i i can't believe we're heading into a wrestlemania where logan paul and dominic mysterio are two of the strongest performers in two of the most anticipated matches with the most anticipated well-done stories i would say you know heading in onto the card and that's there's no hyperbole there like they they've they've completely earned that praise like look at how much we're talking about logan paul compared to maybe the way we're talking about an austin theory you know and and that's almost unfortunate because like it's a good point but this is sort of like what you are striving to
1: become like maybe Logan Paul's too high a bar for some like this guy is such a natural at this, but
0: so, you know, I I do question like how much his fame really plays into how impressed we are. Like, does a celebrity play, play, play into it? I mean, I would say he's a great, I'd argue
1: the opposite because I, I did not sense this kind of interest in Logan Paul a year ago when he was going into WrestleMania. Okay. And that, that, you can argue that, you know, in the last year, um, like his fame outside of pro wrestling has decreased. I wouldn't know. Has it? I, w- I would say like he is not at the the peak of where his popularity was in terms. I, I would say in terms of the boxing, which uh, I'm more familiar with it, him himself as a as a brand and with his podcast. um He's very popular, but I I would say that you know he has benefited a lot as well from right. w- the WWE association. He's also performing at an extremely high level, and I think that the the matches have
0: won a lot of people over. Like it's been his in ring that's impressed many. The matches totally, but the promos. Now that he's a heel, they're winning. He's in his element. Like they're winning dude, he was, was out here too. with
1: no one to work off of, with yeah. a crowd that hated him, and, and he handled was- the
0: what chance like beautifully. You know, the guy like really does show like in this is what he's like i don't know like you can probably count the number of pros he's actually cut on tv on on like two hands and the guy sounds way more seasoned than i think he should be and then that probably comes with you know being such a public figure and and doing so much public speaking on his own but he's really excelling in all facets of this and that's kind of scary
1: like this is the promo battle you want is like a logan paul and a cena like that those would be some phenomenal segments to Mm -hmm. build up a match so great segment here um you know seth Played his role too. Like this is this is one of the more intriguing matches for R- R- WrestleMania. The that's was a very strong segment, I thought. Then they aired a clip of WrestleMania the musical that they have put on their social platforms with the Miz and Maurice.
0: Yeah, I actually ended up watching this because I was curious to see what what exactly this was. How and does this
1: compare to Dinner Debonair? Um, or is it different?
0: I, I would say they're they're very different, and I think they're playing towards different audiences. But I, I like this is like a two minute little kind of like music video that essentially uh, is the Miz singing it with Maurice promoting like the history of WrestleMania with like almost like a Miz sort of pseudo rap in in, in all of this. I thought it was done well, like with a high level of production, you know. And I think the Miz is again good for these sort of I don't know fluffy comedy type of things so yeah he should do a live rap at wrestlemania for his hosting gig i
1: I hope they have some creative stuff because usually the host role it's like you come out there and it's very just non-memorable so i hope they have some like some ideas planned to do some some entertaining segments
0: You'll get like his setup for probably, like, I don't know, some legend coming in and, 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 or a big celebrity segment, I, I would assume. Um, on a show that's already maybe as, as loaded as it is, I guess you, you wonder how much room there, there is for a, a Miz segment. You know what would be the set,
1: the, the segment to do is Miz getting into the legend's face and he gets
0: the mist from Muda. Ooh, okay. I like either I like Miz it. or
1: Chelsea Green need to take the Mist at Mania. And I would do the Miz for the hosting segment.
0: I would have I suggested uh, uh, Jerry Lawler. He's got Lawler. a white suit on. Oh, and he, that, that would be great. I, I mean, he could take the Mist from Muda. Jerry Lawler could pile drive him on the stage. Okay. You know, if the Lawler ain't doing
1: anything, anything
0: physical, there's nah, no, right, no chance. Well, he's a good coffee thrown on him.
1: And then an, Andy Kaufman comes out for the final bit and it gives him a pile driver.
0: <laughs> it's all built up to this 30 something years you know it's built up to Miz at WrestleMania for Andy Kaufman yeah Dominic
1: Mysterio against Johnny Gargano uh, Gargano is selling the rib injury from his attack by Grayson Waller in his yard last week and Dominic attacks the ribs uh, but Gargano um, you know he puts his ribs back together for a tope suicida but then remembers uh, my ribs are still hurting so he gets uh the three amigos as the crowd boos and then Gargano suplexes them into the corner. Dominic is begging off and he is hit with a super kick. Gargano ducks a six one nine. There's an inside out lariat hot stretch down the end here with Gargano and he lawn darts Dominic into the second turnbuckle super kicks him for a two count. And then as they fight on the turnbuckle, Gargano gets dropped off the buckle onto his ribs and Dominic proceeds with a frog splash onto the back and ribs pinning Gargano in 10 minutes and 41 seconds. You know, I I think that the. The promos and personality of Dominic have, like, skyrocketed over the this Judgment Day period. The in-ring, like, it's been fine. I thought this was, like, one of Dominic's, like, better in-ring performances that usually they have him in tag scenarios and they limit it. This was him. Granted, it was with a Johnny Gargano, but nonetheless, it was 10 minutes, and I thought that, you know, Dominic... He held his own in, in this as well, but man, Gargano is like really, really good. And we oh, yeah. kind of just take for granted that this guy is just sort of in no man's land on the main roster, but at least is in something of note at the NXT level.
0: Yeah. Um, this year is just not really the year for him to kind of, you know, be, be in a serious role uh, for this, you know, WrestleMania, I suppose. Hopefully that changes next year, uh, um but this year, he's in a support role, you know, for, for guys like a Dominic Mysterio. And I, I, I think for a supporting act, you can't ask for somebody better than a Johnny Corcado who could, you know, guaranteed to, to deliver, uh, to make you look great every single time. And I thought he did that for Dominic here. I thought what was significant about this bench is that they spent all of it, you know, explaining the rib injury that he received from Grayson Waller on NXT. So in, in a way, this became, a lot of promotion for NXT or at least his current program with Grayson Waller. So I like, I like it when, you know, they actually acknowledge um, things that happen on NXT as like being canon. And, um, you know, at least it's, it tells you that it exists, which I'm always happy about. But wait, I just watched raw. Who's this Grayson Waller? Where's the video package? <sighs> well, you, I mean, they, they you know, you're going to miss a great dream match between Johnny Gargano and Grayson Waller. Some would call it that <laughs> the dream match.
1: Dominic says that he won't stop coming for Hefe until he gets what he wants with his WrestleMania match, and he knows that the Mysterios are going to be at SmackDown in Las Vegas this Friday. I was like, oh, uh-huh. Angie,
0: Ray, A- don't do it! Don't do it, man. So somebody put together maybe the you know the the movie of the Mysterios in the WWE. I mean, these this family is has hasn't missed once. Okay, anything involving aliyah involving angie like it's almost always good so i'm really looking forward to this so he notes
1: how he was kicked out from his family he was kicked out of the group chat do you have a group chat with your family
0: i do i have, I have several actually i have, really I have like yeah i have like uh family overseas you know it you know you don't know, there's no pollock chat so our
1: group chat is uh my dad will email one of us, and just for anything, and he'll copy the others on the email. <laughs> that's the group chat. The,
0: the email is the is the group chat. Interesting. Okay. Yes. Like anyway, he just he loves to. <laughs> and, see and who? Rest, how many people respond? The one person it
1: was intended for.
0: Huh. Yes. Well, that's cute.
1: So Dominic's new plan is to ask his mom for permission for Ray to face him at WrestleMania that is if ray can get his balls out of her purse
0: love it i can't wait this this will be awesome um
1: how confusing all- will that segment be mommy i'm going to ask mommy <laughs> for this match but mommy has informed me that mommy needs to give permission for daddy right mommy
0: <laughs> it could get a little awkward depending on you know what follows uh, some of those sentences but um, oh boy uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And in Vegas, come on, this will be good. The
1: Usos and Solo Sokoa, they meet with Heyman. Heyman's uh, given them the rest of the night off to go eat, except for Solo, who has to come see Roman in the room. And then we go into a dark, dark room, the Alistair Black uh, leftovers. And there is Edge surrounded by candles. And he tells us he is a caged man that keeps it contained so he can function in society. It's mm-hmm. hard for me to not think of him as like wonderful dad of two daughters, Adam
0: Copeland, as he's talking about functioning in society as a mm-hmm. caged animal. That's his, that's how he functions. I mean, you know, it's, if he didn't have those kids, if he wasn't married to Beth, I mean, he's, he's
1: Dexter, not Loomis, but, uh, Dexter Morgan.
0: Oh, okay. Hmm. You didn't watch Dexter, did you? No, not really.
1: But inside of an actual cage, he no longer has to hide it. I was baptized in the cell by the dead man himself. Balor has never had one. And he is the evil in the valley. And he tells Balor to leave Finn at home. Bring your demon to meet the devil if you'd like to meet him. So it's the devil versus the demon at Hell in a Cell.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I mean, this was uh, the, the rumored plan for R- Royal Rumble, I believe. You know, getting um uh, the Demon versus Edge in in his vampire form. We've seen with like,
1: his. Will it be with his black
0: uh blood to drink because it can't be red? I I would assume so. I don't think that's changed uh, at any point, John. So it'll be you know dark blood, which is what I mean. De- you know, devils love all sorts of weird colors of blood so i think it'll be okay (laughs) um but yeah i thought this was like a nice little announcement basically telling you hey not only are you getting the cell not only are you getting the demon you're going to get devil edge is that what we're calling it what are we calling this guy um yeah devil edge (laughs) sure yeah, cool, cool promo. I thought. I think the great Muda should be the special guest timekeeper. Oh wow! Here, yeah. maybe. Come uh, on! If there's how perfect is this? You're talking about the guy who popularized the the alter ego. Mm-hmm. You know, in a match featuring the two of them. Let's involve him somehow. Get yeah, let's show the three of them enjoying catering after the match. Okay. Table what, for three. <laughs> yeah. What do demons eat? Uh, they should all just like you know have a chalice of dark blood. Uh, that would be nice.
1: I hope this one goes on late so it's it's dark at the uh, for, yeah. for the entrances
0: yeah, you want sure. kind of
1: uh, that, that presence I think Rhea Ripley comes out and <laughs> this was great like these are you know your typical WWE entrances where it says on and on and she finally just says cut the music it's been going on for too long and the crowd starts chanting for her after this She does not agree with living in the past. Flair doesn't want to think about her future, so she focuses on WrestleMania from three years ago. Charlotte doesn't respect anyone, including me, after our match three years ago. Rhea makes her question the respect that Flair has for herself. And then the crowd starts chanting, what? Don't what me. You're all pathetic. And she keeps going. Every time they've gone to war, Rhea has gotten up and come back. Flair tries to keep people down. She is done and washed. It's over, Charlotte. Go home where you mean absolutely nothing. Because you have nothing without WWE. Rhea is going to be the biggest star here in WWE. And when I hold up the belt, all your insecurities will be true. And you don't have to respect me, but you will fear me. And then damage control is out. And... They respect her for what she has done to Charlotte. But Bailey notes, "I pinned Charlotte in my very first WrestleMania match. Ripley has no interest in her tips and Bailey calls her cocky and it leads to Adam Pearce making a match between these two, an impromptu match as Rhea Ripley is not in her wrestling
0: attire." Mm-hmm. I I wasn't a big fan of this Rhea Ripley promo. Um I thought she was maybe speaking a little too vaguely without any real substance or, or point like the program thus far has been about her wanting to avenge this loss from Charlotte. Um, I guess, no, like she here, she kind of dismissed that. She's saying like, you know, that, that result is irrelevant. And now she's talking about, um, uh, Charlotte's insecurities, which sounds really interesting, but I guess, um, why is she insecure? Because Rhea keeps coming back after, um, Charlotte tr- has tried to take her out. So, Charlotte should be insecure and she's going to expose her. I I just I just don't like it, what do you think of it? I, I'm, I'm curious. Is it working for you? I think that the story is that
1: Charlotte is someone that has I mean, and, and she has I think they're leaning on like a lot of what she has spoken publicly about, like having these pressures of the last name and fighting for you know the audience's approval that she has these insecurities and I think within the story the idea is without this belt Charlotte does not have an identity and Rhea is going to take that from her and leave Charlotte to have to have to live without being a champion because it's always been the title that goes back to Charlotte and now I am the new leader of this when I win this title it's not going to bounce back to you. You are going to have to live without this title and thus embrace all your insecurities that this
0: belt has been able to hide. And maybe I'm giving way too much credit to clear this up. I think we should be putting some black lipstick on you with some, you know, mascara because I, 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 I feel I'm, I'm like. am getting the what chance in the comments. Section. <laughs> I feel like I, 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 you, you explained it in a way that maybe to me feels a little bit more concrete and, and a bit more relatable. Um, I I kind of feel like this this program for me is is all over the place, and it's certainly not helped by you know maybe questionable babyface and heel dynamics, which I have even more questions about after the match coming up after this.
1: I see Rhea as the complete babyface, but you're right. I mean they they positioned her as the heel here, like going against the fans. It's it's very weird because
0: I that audience but, is but, going but to the be match hard. was her wrestling as a total babyface.
1: You're right. Like it was so. I think it's almost the idea that like they know what, where the, the, the tide is going with Rhea. And I think mm-hmm. they are positioning the audience to embrace her at Mania and the night after Mania, but are, are not going to do the hard switch yet. Like they're still putting up this resistance. But to me, it's going to be a monster pop when she wins this match. And I would think throughout the match, like it's going to be such a pro Rhea crowd and they have designed it that way. Like that is how it feels as well. Like this is not one where it feels like the audience is going against their desired reaction because so much of Rhea, like this is such a story to root for her. Um, What's interesting is that we have not seen one frame of that match from three years ago and I wonder if they just do not want to show the empty performance center uh, WrestleMania in any of their video packages. Uh, but mi- we'll be. find out next week because uh, that is the one WrestleMania highlight or the one year of WrestleMania highlights that maybe they are not going to show beyond the uh, the Boneyard match.
0: Maybe they'll, they'll CGI it you know, or, or somehow um, <laughs> deep fake a whole live crowd. Reenact it uh, during a, a dark yeah. segment or something. The greatest match ever can actually look like the greatest match ever. So Rhea and Bailey,
1: uh, they had a ten minute match. They noted today is the ten year anniversary of Bailey's debut in NXT. So uh, Rhea is going for the Riptide, but Dakota Kai gets on the apron and gouges the eye of Rhea. So it's Rhea <laughs> who gets challenged on the spot. It's she is outnumbered three on one, and then the baby faces of Becky, Lita, and Trish come down eating popcorn as they go to commercial. Bailey then hits the Bailey to belly and Rhea kicks out at one Bailey Mm -hmm. hits another one. And Rhea just gets up and slams her to the mat. There was this awkward setup for a sunset flip, uh, to, to Rhea that is not hit and instead drop kicks, Bailey out of the corner, applies the prism trap, and then Bailey gets to the rope, does a brawl with all the women at ringside, and Bailey backs up into the ring, right into the riptide, and is pinned in 10 minutes and 50 seconds. So if you're on the uh, path of Rhea is this undeniable babyface star, um, then this is like full steam ahead, but <laughs> this was totally different presentations of Rhea in terms of the the promo and the lines against the fans, and then you're right, like a complete baby face, but I think that's by design.
0: Yeah, I, I, the, the match to me is more indicative of the direction that, that they probably want to take Rhea Ripley, and I think it's the right call by making her look incredibly dominant and almost, I mean, exactly a baby face in this match. I, I guess maybe I just question the material in the promo and maybe even her, the way she's... Um, She's playing with the crowd and and, and maybe addressing the what chance and, and and things like that.
1: And if they're going to continue to fight it, like it doesn't. I don't want to see her and Judgment Day just split either. And I don't want to see those other figures turn either. Like uh, it's it'll be interesting how Rhea's positioned like in a month from now and where she is.
0: It's a weird predicament because I think her and Judgment Day work so well together, but yeah. they work so well as heels. And in this feud, at least she's very much a babyface. In the end, I I I, I get the sense they just want the match to feel hot and my concerns are maybe less so about like who's heel who's baby fist, and more about like what, what's the actual story here it, it, let, let us know if, if it works for you I don't know if it's worked so well for me I thought the match itself you know there was some like maybe noticeable awkwardness and timing between the two at parts mm-hmm. but um, when they were on the same page I really liked the match you know Rhea's size gives her all of her strikes this sort of added heaviness that looks really impressive I loved her pulling out the kamigoye. um I'm I would assume it's more maybe a reference to, to Buddy Murphy than, than it is to, to Kota Ibushi. But I think that that move is strong enough to to look like a finish here. Um, And getting a chance to see Rhea work a babyface at a match, I think really allowed her in-ring to look that much more impressive. So I'm, I wouldn't mind at all, you know, eventually a heel, a, a babyface run. But is that the direction that they're going for WrestleMania? We'll see.
1: Chad Gable is searching for Otis, and he is found getting a manicure. And Gable informs Otis that hey, they have, he has gotten them into the WrestleMania showcase match and he needs Otis in his corner tonight against Ricochet. Maxine walks in and she has found a hand model photographer for Otis and must come with her. And when it is brought up, um, apparently Gallows and Anderson were to face the maximum male models. I'll take their word for it. Uh, it's been postponed again after Massey's cheekbones were overexposed. Gable says, I don't even understand what you're talking about. And Maxine has a fit saying, when you're beautiful, you don't need to make sense. And you would understand that if you weren't so horrifically middle class. <laughs> and Otis is torn between the two and then opts to leave with Chad Gable.
0: Hmm. Yeah. O- Otis is pretty funny here. I thought Maxine was really good, too. You know, I, I think they really found their voices as part of this maximal male models thing. And Horrifically
1: middle-class was a very yeah. good line.
0: He overexposes cheap bones during a Givenchy shoot, which um, sounds like gibberish, really. And it's a really beautifully scripted line, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, like, it's mid-card comedy on a, a, a Raw that has really no... I mean, I guess they're technically on a pay-per-view because it's Otis and Gable, but um, I... Show needs these sort of comedy segments, and I, you know, I think it's delivering on what it's intended to.
1: Then we had our next movie parody with Seamus and the Brawling Brutes, uh, with Drew McIntyre doing, uh, the 40 year old virgin scene with Steve Carell and playing Steve Carell, the person you always associate with Steve Carell, Ridge Holland, former rugby player, and so, do you know the story about this scene in Forty Year Old Virgin? It, it's all improvised, right? It was a legit waxing that Steve Carell got, and they yeah. did a four camera shoot to get the reactions of like Paul Rudd
0: and Seth Rogen in the scene. And and do we know that this was not also a legit waxing? Because I I watched legit. this
1: and had that in mind. That because dude, Drew and Seamus seemed like they were totally reacting on the fly. And if this oh, yeah. was done legit. More power to them. I this one to me was the best one. I thought this was really funny and this is seriously the most entertaining I've ever seen Ridge Holland in a like outside of the ring segment where he got to be funny. I I thought. I thought everyone was pretty funny here, even Butch walking yeah. out and then coming back in and
0: uh waxing the nipple. Yeah, Rich Holland does not usually have a a hairy chest, So, I I mean, you know, could it be possible that maybe he he somehow hit hit himself long enough that he grew this? In, in I, I I heart? doubt
1: this was uh legit, but the reactions felt legit le- legit. Whatever it was, they did a very good job of spoofing the original scene.
0: Yeah, I would I, w- I would imagine this was Rich Holland improvising a lot of these things, just like Steve Carell did, and so we got Holy Jim Duggan, <laughs> Jerry Hollowell getting a shout out, you Ricky Gervais.
1: That. And uh and the last one was um oh, who's the last one he he yelled out um anyway it, Ed Sheeran yeah as well got, Ed Sheeran got mentioned yes, here of course. so
0: anyway th- this was a, this is a good one this and the Joker have been the two hits agreed I think it this was. Pro- Hard to mess this one up, I, I have to say. You know, just because the scene itself is so funny and just—it
1: could have come off so
0: corny at the guys laughing and stuff. I
1: I thought like Seamus and Drew especially, like they played their roles pre- like everyone did. I thought, but Ridge was really the star of this one.
0: So, you're right. You're a right. Good,
1: a good bit here.
0: No, I I really think they missed an opportunity having Butch in like an Air Bud um, parody. <laughs> Beethoven, you know, a lot of great uh, dog films out there. Uh, all dogs go to heaven they could have yeah
1: ricochet and chad gable so um this started off like the audience wasn't all that into it but then for for the final bit it really ramped up really after the commercial break um is where we see uh gable bridging out of a jackknife cover and then he hoists up ricochet for a cliffhanger ddt gable then ducks a leapfrog catching the leg in midair for the ankle lock ricochet rolls out Uh, Jumping knee strike and super kick. And then Gable with this beautiful dragon suplex gets a two count. And then Maxine walks down and takes Otis to the back. Ricochet lands on his feet from the chaos theory. Shiranui shooting star press. And he pins Gable in 10 minutes and 37 seconds. Last few minutes were very strong.
0: Yeah. I think like this, this was a really good, you know, raw mid card match without any real significance for uh, any long-term storylines. Um, No story. I mean, I mean, you have two great wrestlers here. You know, getting really getting to showcase their stuff. Some good early chain wrestling going on, and good variety of offense from Gable. So strong TV match.
1: Bianca Belair and Oscar against Chelsea Green and Piper Niven. And Graves notes this never works when future opponents team up right before a big match, and. Chelsea is tossed out of the ring. Asuka misses Niven and nails Belair, her partner, in the corner with a hip attack. And then Belair grabs Oscar. They're arguing. And then Belair moves Asuka out of the way as Piper runs into the corner and Belair lifts up Piper Niven and the audience. Uh, they picked up for this, literally, as uh, she delivered the KOD to Piper Niven and wins in 643. Big pop for the finish, uh, given the, uh, the strength. And this was last year when Bianca Belair was just Killing a lot of time and was working with a uh, with dewdrop like week after week and every audience they got into that Kod spot with her and tonight was the same six forty three they win and then Oscar attacks Bianca Belair blindsides her hits a spin kick and a sliding knee unfortunately the crowd was silent for this they did not care about this post match angle uh, this yeah. this yeah. this match it's it's really struggled in the, in the lead up.
0: It's a match on paper. I'm looking forward to. I think the the two of them will will really deliver uh, on the show. But hey, man, we're we're talking about build up. We're talking about story this week in professional wrestling, and this one is is pretty poor. And look at some
1: of the comparisons, like from the work on SmackDown and Tonight Show for like the big matches and how they're getting built. Like there Mm -hmm. are there's some really well built programs this year, and you know it's a lot of competition, and they have not, you know, they they have not really had the ability to tell any kind of a story here beyond Oscar's coming for the title.
0: I think it's, they should be resorting more to like the simple direction like they are with like Brock and Omos with this one. These two are incredible wrestlers, you know, like talk about like, you know, like uh, Oscar's win streak, talk about how long Bianca Belair has been champion. And when the two collide, you know, does Oscar pose like the biggest threat to Bianca Belair's championship reign? Like just keep things simple. And instead we're relying on very tired cliches. Like, you know, can they get along? Um, Are they they going to sign contracts next week? Are we going to get a contract uh, signing? You know, I'm almost expecting it, but they haven't been able to overcome the handicaps of, I guess, you know, Asuka not cutting promos. Um, and and like uh, the double babyface thing, they haven't been able to use to their advantage. And Bel Air, like, has had no interesting anything uh you know it, it, again very much feels like her feud with alexa and she just i don't know if she knows or they know how to make her fit this sort of spooky you know type of character and uh, or, or, or for an opponent at least so yeah it's just not working there was some brutal Snickers ad with AJ Styles and Braun Breaker that was just atrociously bad. So bad. These are always bad. Oh, like, the, always, the, always.
1: I don't pay attention to these Snickers ads, but th- this one to me was like uh, another level below. Oh. Like, two awfully acted uh, performances.
0: Here. Or like, like, poorly written, you know? Yeah, like
1: Poorly written, but, uh, but like, two of the people I would not be leaning on for something like this either. This was just, this was dreadful. Yeah. I, I'm glad that like one of my biggest complaints was a 60 second Snickers ad. <laughs>
0: By the way, they did, uh, at least in Canada, they showed some snippets of uh, of an upcoming uh, Goodfellas Bloodline parody.
1: Oh, I didn't see that. Was that during the commercials?
0: Yeah. So it was for like a sports note commercial for WrestleMania. And then you got to see highlights of all the um, trailers so far. And oh. they, they played a clip of, of the Bloodline as Goodfellas. I'm
1: sure parody. that one's airing next week, probably for yeah. the, the last release. Mm-hmm. And next week... The only thing announced is Brock Lesnar and Omos will have a weigh in on the Go Home edition of Raw,
0: and at least will, uh, will this weigh in go better than uh, the last pro wrestling weigh in we've seen?
1: Well, maybe Cody Rhodes will have some <laughs> tips for them in advance of yeah, how to maybe. not do a weigh in. Um, for at least WWE, they are not advertising Roman for another TV appearance till the SmackDown the night before WrestleMania, so we may not see him until um, that that episode. Uh, This is when the Japan-Mexico baseball game was ending uh, for the final segment. Roman comes out with Sokoa and Heyman and is followed by Cody Rhodes. Strong reaction from all of them. Like, they're buzzing. This is the big main event segment. And Cody wants Reigns to define what kind of problem he has with him. And he stops Heyman from answering because he wants to hear straight from the tribal chief. Reigns explains that Cody is not a problem. What you represent is the problem. You are what we used to be a professional wrestler i'm a fighter and that's allowed me to be a megastar and he is he's not going to do any of the things he says noting how cody has run away from everything in his career stardust didn't work you ran away from it so you went out you started a company That you couldn't get over in. And you ran away from there as well. You came running here. Which was like a really interesting positioning. Of like the company you couldn't get over in. You've come to this company. And he acknowledges you have gotten over here. But your body gave up on you here.
0: So do you have any issue with the term get over being used repeatedly? Not as
1: much as some may because to me getting over is you're popular with the crowd
0: or winning is what i hope that you know the characters being in kayfabe like
1: i don't think it's even that bad to just say like getting over like what it literally is like you are like you are popular with our audience like that is why our- why,
0: do, why should you need to be popular if, if you're winning why is being popular important and in-
1: well i mean if you if you it's not saying that he hasn't like he's been undefeated since he's come into WWE but it's like the audience has also embraced you like that is the story of Sami Zayn that's the story of Daniel Bryan it's like
0: yeah for me I don't I don't have an issue with it like I, I'm just bringing up this question because I, I mean it's a similar conversation as we've we've uh I've seen people have after Dynamite with the you know the four pillars um uh, conversation um I, which, I which think even that one I I didn't
1: have a big issue with I would have rewarded a bit of what Guevara said but it was right. I don't know. I I think in this day and age, a lot of the audience is um, understanding and more open to that kind of dialogue within the show, as long as it's not so insulting to your intelligence.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think there's a fine line where you really want to, like, you know, maybe inject some of that type of discussion about getting over in order to really build up um, a believable feud versus maybe going too far and making the, the story not believable from a scripted you know professional wrestling competition sense and 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 it's a challenge but i don't i'm not as sensitive to it at least you know as, as, I don't want them to like be audio getting audio into audio.
1: the territory of like how like you're being booked uh to, to go over and like this is all bullshit. Like that's the stuff right. you get in that is just like your WCW
0: territory. That is just uh, drove off an audience. But th- th- in this story Cody didn't get popular in AEW so he left to go to WWE where he could Basically stated
1: there. anytime you've run into a wall, you've you've run away from okay. that challenge and you're not built for this. Your peck tour and April 2nd, it's your lottery ticket. But the next day you have to wake up and look in the mirror and again, you have to confront adversity and hopefully you can handle that or else you'll run away you'll run away like a little bitch. So now Cody's got his retort and he acknowledges he did run away. And he is not worried because what he did while he was gone was make this locker room have the ability to make a whole lot more money, which is very true that now there's a viable alternative. Like th- they have leaned a lot more on AEW than I, have antici- I, I had anticipated, but it's
0: it's working to their advantage. I, I have to imagine this is maybe more of a – I can't even say that for sure, but I, I, I imagine like that – it's not as surprising to me with Paula Beck in charge as it would be maybe with with the old guard. And I think Vince would have given, like, Cody a whole lot of leeway as well. I mean, he's the guy who brought him in as his American Nightmare character. It's part of the character. He's, he's the guy stepping through the forbidden door exactly as, you know, the mm-hmm. same person who was there before.
1: Now, I do think, you know, speaking of, like, this line, I'm not saying this is, like, an inside line. But I also do see it as one that some fans are not going to know what he means by this.
0: You mean like uh, the, making a, the money for the of of locker room
1: and like just like the idea of like what a another company has meant for the industry and how it helps WWE talent.
0: You don't think so, hey?
1: I think there's some that are just not like going he, to be understanding like of the the industry and how it works. Like if you are somebody that is watching and not uh, following right. wrestling at you know a significant level.
0: Yeah, I I don't disagree there. Um, because WWE is catering to a big audience. And, you know, I don't know, well, my dad who decides to watch um WrestleMania this year, will he understand? He probably won't. But I would also say like we've gone far enough now with the Cody Rhodes story and the Cody Rhodes character that like something like this is doesn't feel out of place. Like his whole identity is is been like, you know, cutting promos similar to this. And it's the type of line where like if you don't get it, you don't get it, you move on. And if you do get it, then it just adds a little bit more.
1: He says he always wanted to be a superstar, but maybe you're right, Roman. Maybe I'm just a violent professional wrestler, and no one needs to hear my dad's name brought up again, or else it's going to make me vomit. He's not showing up to give anyone a bionic elbow. My brother works elsewhere. In fact, you should ask my Cuban mother what she would tell me to do to you, and that's knock you out. What April 2nd can mean for Roman Reigns is that the next day on April 3rd, you have to wake up and remember what it feels like to lose without the titles. And Jay is going to leave you. Then Jimmy is going to leave you. And he looks at Solo Sokoa in the ring and says, From one guy who used to be under the thumb of another uh, second generation wrestler, you're not ready. And when Solo leaves, then Haman will become an advocate again. And all of a sudden, you will have no family and be a chief without a tribe. And ends with Cody chants. And Reigns and Haman just walk out of the ring. And they think is with them. They turn around. is still in the ring. Locked in Cody's face, Reigns asks, what's he doing? And he yells for Solo to come. And Cody repeats, "You're not ready," just like I thought. And Solo pauses, comes back. He's about to deliver the Samoan Spike, but he's stopped with a boot from Cody. And Reigns stops Sokoa from engaging as the show ends, and the crowd is yelling, "You're not ready at Solo Sokoa."
0: Yeah, Reigns was also mouthing next week. You know, to he basically said, uh, "You know, you'll have Cody next week, and and wait till then." So seems like we're getting Solo versus Cody, which um. For a go home Raw, you would expect Cody to beat Solo Sokoa. You know, if there's a time to end the Solo Sokoa streak, I feel like two streaks really.
1: Like Cody's been undefeated since he's come back to WWE and Solo since he's been called up. So Mm -hmm. listen, you build up uh, an undefeated streak to cash it in for the big win. And going into your biggest show of the year with your heir apparent, that would be the time to beat Solo Sokoa.
0: I think so too. And I hope it's a big, I hope it's a substantial match, you know, just for solo's sake. But I mean, undefeated streaks don't last forever and they shouldn't last forever. You shouldn't be building a career off of an undefeated streak. And solo, I don't even think people necessarily think about the undefeated streak when they see him. He has way more to offer than just that. So next week seems like a good time for, for it. Cody, I thought sounded great. You know, um, it's imperative that he comes out of these exchanges looking better than Roman Reigns, looking cooler than Roman Reigns. And I, I think Roman's opponents, um, there have been really good ones, but it, it it's not always easy to find, you know, a baby face that can live up to, I think, how great of a character Roman Reigns has become. Cody does. He doesn't just live up to Roman. He exceeds Roman. He sounds better. And the retorts, I think, are have been really, really strong. He's out shining Reigns on the mic. He's out shining Reigns in terms of just, you know, logic. Logic in, in, in story. Um, create very good threat from Cody here. Basically, you know, getting to the heart of everything that they built up throughout the show you know the the one thing roman probably does feel most insecure about is his family leaving him the threat of jay leaving the threat of jimmy leaving the threat of solo leaving and then hayman leaving as well you know cody kind of hitting roman with that at the very end i thought was like the biggest shot we've probably seen uh from cody in this feed
1: yeah and the ultimate um conclusion after a segment is like do you have more or less interest in the match and i sense like a ton of buzz for this match like that mm-hmm. is what they are accomplishing with these segments uh, building this up to feel like a major wrestlemania main event and it has that feel two weeks out so uh wrestlemania feels like it's in very good shape much like smackdown i thought it was a lot of the out of the ring stuff that was clicking at a pretty high percentage on this show as it but, should be it's should season. be. like yes. this is what the show should be about is you're coming out of it and you're looking at the key matches and are they heightening interest and I thought tonight they did a great job with Logan Paul and Seth Rollins with Rhodes and Roman with the Usos and Zayn and Owens I thought even like um, the Ripley promo I think could have been shorter I didn't mind the dialogue as much um, I thought their brawl helped a lot on Friday as well with mm-hmm. the Smackdown one Really, I continually just go to the Oscar Bianca Belair as like the glaring match this year of, of the important matches that has not hit.
0: I, I think all the women's programs actually are are pretty disappointing this year. Like, and I'm even looking at Becky and Trish and Lita versus damage control. To me, there's just really not much there. Um, we had Trish beaten down last week, and I'm still waiting for like some like real – reason like for why you know uh, like something a bit more than just i think all these cliched things we've been seeing um yeah bel-air and 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 oscar at least the build has been a weak point um what else we got you know um yeah i i think ray and dominic is in terrific shape i'm really looking forward to seeing what they're doing on smackdown and um yeah cody versus roman is is being really well built everything is you know firing as it should be and they're it's peaking at the right time
1: Well, you can have your say. If you want to throw us a super chat, you are welcome to do so. And we will be going to feedback at forum.postwrestling.com, where you can always chime in with your thoughts
0: when we go live. Yeah, we got a few super chats here. First of all, let's go to Sam Banks, who sends $5. Thank you very much for the support, Sam. Sam says, did you guys watch Evan Husney's one fucking hour show about wrestling with shadows with Sam Roberts on YouTube today? It was great. Love you guys. I have not seen it. No, didn't even know about it. So, interesting. Okay, so what, like a, like a like a discussion about wrestling with shadows, I would assume? So, okay. All right, right. We'll check that, that out. That sounds cool. Very cool. Uh, let's go to Matt Hahn, who sends $5. Thank you, Matt, for the support. He says, explain a storyline badly. Asuka, Bianca edition. Woman is grossed out by paint coming out of another woman's mouth. I mean, it is yeah. pretty um, concerning. It's pretty gross, isn't it? Yeah. It's blue as well. So, right, yeah, that, right. that wrinkle to the story. Yeah. Um, I think it's a cool visual, you know, but it's not enough, you know, like the, the idea that like, hey, like, you know, Asuka can miss somebody at any time. And she's just like she's kind of playing like a, you know, even more weird version of herself than she was before is cool. But it it should be the last visual of like a more compelling thing. um, And, and it's that alone is just it's all they've had. MJ from NJ or, uh, MJ from Florida or, or NJ, wherever you're at right now, MJ, he also sends $5 and he says, great use of inside baseball. Roman feeds his family. Cody feeds everyone. When Roman can't provide as champ, they will all abandon him. Yes. It's more like a parable. Yeah. 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 Very, very good stuff from, uh, the bloodline Cody story right now.
1: All right. Let's go to Tenise who writes raw was so, so with a damn good closing segment. I hate trying to put everyone on the card. Uh, Just have the people that matter, and that's it. An even better idea. Make the wrestlers on your roster compelling to want your audience clamoring for them to be on the cards. Logan is in the role he's supposed to be in. Total sleaze. Gable is so good, he would kill it with the juniors in New Japan right now. Bianca continues to look like a geek. This build could have been better. She and Asuka better have a damn good match at Mania. While they alluded to it next week, I hope they hone in on this whole run from Roman, not based on dominance, but insecurity since his first run on top was a failure. Interesting. I don't think anyone is debating that Oscar and Bianca provided they have the time and are not rushed should have a very good match. But I mean, that to me, if you're coming out of WrestleMania and your reaction is, oh, everyone was dogging this match and look how great the match was. That's not the argument that is being made right now. It's yeah. if that was the case, you would just give people
0: a list of matches and say show up on. If you, that was first. the case, you'd promote this as a dream match and you just leave it at that. OK, announce it four days ahead of time. And then people, you know, you you go at it uh, with people who disagree with you on Twitter. That's all this this would theoretically need. Right. But that's not professional wrestling promotion, especially when it comes to a big pay-per-view or at least, you know, PLE um that you're trying to build to. I mean, we we base our interest in matches based off of the anticipation. And if there's no, sometimes you don't need anticipation, you know, at all. And just the match on paper is enough. I don't think this is one of those times. Um, And, and so if you're going to try to sell a TV show and, you know, to try to sell some TV segments involving this match, they should be as good as possible. And this is anything but. All right, let's go to Tenise from Georgia or sorry, uh, Eddie from Austin, who says evening, John and way I did not watch raw Instead, I was playing 2K23. So I thought I would give some thoughts on the new game as John had asked about it on Friday. Cool. First off, when I say I was playing the game, I mean, I have been setting up an absolutely bonkers Google sheet to organize my universe mode while periodically refreshing community creations to see what new wrestlers and pay-per-view shows have been uploaded. I pretty much fleshed out my roster, just waiting for what's the statuses Brody King to drop and need an update to a bunch of renders. Okay. I feel
1: like Chad Gable hearing Maxine explain the photo shoot with Massey yeah. with that
0: paragraph. Uh, uh, he says, I won't go into the details of my universe setup, please don't. Uh, he says, but I'm cautiously optimistic about the new rivalry system. It reminds me of Wrestling Revolution 3D a bit. The bugs don't bother me really. The game- gameplay is great, graphics exceptional, and improvements worth the cost of a yearly upgrade. I don't think the Cena showcase was as in- interesting as the Ray one last year. I think they should have just stuck with dubbing narration over the cutscenes if we weren't going to get any commentary. But I'm always amazed at how WWE can conv- can convince me to root for Randy Orton halfway through a match. All um, right. Well, thanks, Eddie. Um i don't know if i got much out of that type of review but i imagine oh, i appreciate the feedback
1: there's plenty of people listening that will know um yeah if you, th- you are, if you're familiar with the game inclined. then
0: then hopefully you enjoyed eddie's uh review there
1: all right mj from a ratings perspective it'll be very interesting if roman and cody held an audience till 11 p.m on raw when raw has slumped lately odd choice pushing the segment to close the show this week should make for interesting ratings report tomorrow
0: yeah Thank you, MJ. Uh, let's go to Nas from NYC who says this version of Roman Reigns is too good for this to end right now. He's like the perfect Batman villain. I know I'm in the minority, but I feel Roman should retain and Jay being the one to take him down eventually. Logan Paul is amazing. Who do you think wins between him and Ron's? Well, first on the, on the Jay Uso Roman thing, um, has to be Cody this time. Like it has to be, you know. There, it's just the the grandeur of the situation, and just the like everything is just clicking for them too well for them not to execute this. I think you could still do Jay versus Roman afterwards, and Jay's fight shouldn't necessarily be for the championship. Maybe he gets gives Roman his come up up comeuppance by, you know, usurping him as as the leader of his bloodline and 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 grabbing a different title that's not just a a belt. I think what the story has shown is that these group of performers are capable of even when they resolve one, one thing that they've been dragging this entire time or dangling this entire time, they'll come up with another very compelling reason for you to keep watching. Yeah.
1: And I mean, when that match happens, I just want like the one line to just trigger Jay is just Roman at his wits end with this guy and just,
0: which one are you again? Yes. Tie it all love it. together. I love it. Last word goes to uh, also also who oh. do you think wins between Rollins and Logan? Um
1: I would be putting Logan over in the in this match. I yeah. I, I think he, he can afford the loss. You can certainly do.
0: Rollins that. loses. I feel like more often than not, you know, and it's totally fine. He's just as hot but the next time. Th- th- the
1: counter is that Cody needs opponents after Mania, and I still feel Rollins, You you may want at some point for that. So I mean, that's going to be dictated based on plans after. But I I I, would think, I
0: think Cody versus Logan Paul is the match.
1: Um, <laughs> Logan Paul could have some. Great options. And you're right. You know, you do have Saudi Arabia not too far away, and you would think that would be Logan's next big match as well. Okay, Muggin, a productive episode with a baller ending segment. As expected, the Roman. Cody face off was tantalizing the allusions to the competition and Cody's partner were heavily hand were heavy handed and Cody returning fire tenfold and getting Roman shook was tremendous. The Owen Zane segment was heartwarming and it got where it needed to with them challenging the usos for the tag titles. When it closes night one, it should silence any doubts about the tag titles being a consolation prize. So there is a mug and advocating for the tag titles to close night one of WrestleMania. That'll be next week's uh, Twitter controversy going in. What should, what should close night one?
0: By the time we're, like, actually watching the night, like, unless, like, the crowd is really dead, like, let's say, you know, you put Bel Air and, or sorry, Charlotte and, and Bianca, uh, or Charlotte and uh, Rhea at last, uh, like, and I don't anticipate the crowd being dead, but, like, if the match delivers, then I, and, and the crowd responds as such, there's really no, going to be no, no debate, in my opinion. Like, it'll be fine.
1: I think so, too. It's, um I don't know. I'm not. I'm not looking at it as it's like some grand indictment, whatever does or does not go on last, but you know, it's, and it will also be interesting next week if they much like last year, give us like the, the full rundowns of, of both shows. I would imagine that we'll start to get that next week. I mean, you know, sort of what's uh headlining night two and you know, that Logan and Seth is night one. uh, But beyond that, it's, you know, it's probably still up, up in the air for some of them. Mm hmm. All right. Well, there you go, everyone. You are all up to date in the world of professional wrestling, uh, but don't go anywhere because Tuesday night, WH Park will be joining me on the Post Wrestling Cafe. We're going to be chatting about WH's live experience with me at the GCW show at the Opera House. We'll chat about the New Japan Cup final. We've also got uh, a new GHC champion, Jake Lee, beating Kaito Kiyomiya. So Kiyomiya's just fallen off the rails after that loss to Okada. Uh, Yuji Nagata is defending the Triple Crown on Tuesday morning. Tons of Japanese wrestling to get you caught up with. And then Wei and I are back on Wednesday night, live at 10 Eastern, after Dynamite, after the Dream Match. And we will explain what you just saw. Yes, we will. I hope Excalibur holds everyone by their hands as they as they get them through that that match. But looking forward to it. It could be one of the better matches in dynamite history, which is a I think it's the most
0: talked about dynamite match in history at this point. So we'll see if it delivers.
1: Hashtag AEW rampage. Okay, that's it for us. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll speak with you on Tuesday.